0: Are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network.
1: What is it, everybody? Welcome back to the College Podcast, episode 163 of the Cosloop Podcast. I'm Don Lark, a boy tank on Twitter slash X. I'm here the by Mr. Harrison Tar. Tar, how you doing, buddy?
0: Really fired up. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up to be talking to Auburn ball, especially. Let's be honest, as this show's coming out, we are 24 hours away, or I guess over 24 hours, probably 36 in that ballpark away from, actually, it'd be 30 on the dot, I think, <laughs> 30 hours away from the Auburn-Alabama rubber match, uh, the Iron Bowl of basketball part two. Uh, God knows Auburn wants to avoid being swept again uh, by the Crimson Tide, and it looks like this could be the year that no, neither team sweeps the other one. It may just be a one and one home and home kind of action. Really excited about that. Also, for those of you guys, I'm just going to go ahead and pose this question. Um, Dylan and I got into a really heated debate, and I know I'm going to be the severe minority because we have a serious Auburn audience here, and I get it, I'm an Auburn alum. Um, Dylan firmly believes that Cam Newton was better in the NFL, objectively better, um, than Michael Vick. Um, I could not disagree more. Uh, what Cam Newton did for Auburn is fantastic. But let's go ahead and get the algorithm humming there, Dylan, and let people go ahead. And, hey, comments are good. So let's just like let people get the feedback. You can tell me I'm wrong all you want. You're also wrong if you actually think that. But we're not getting into that debate on live air. Give us a settle it in the comments. I will come on to the show if you guys overwhelmingly say Cam Newton was better than Michael Vick in the NFL. Um, I will just come on and say that I am in the minority of the College Loop um, family and the Looper family, and that you guys are awesome for interacting and also um, for telling me I'm wrong. You guys are really good at that. Um, so here's your here's your opportunity. Usually you're telling Dylan he's wrong. Now it's your time to t- turn to tell me I'm wrong, even though I'm not. Let's jump in to Auburn athletics, Dylan. Bringing it back, we led we led with Cam Newton today. I mean, you can't be mad about that. We, we, oh, we
1: did, dude, yeah. I always lead with one of the best, uh, probably the best, or not the
0: best. I'll probably say top.
1: Three rushing quarterback of all time, double threat quarterback of all time, definitely uh, top leagues. three
0: college quarterbacks of all time.
1: Definitely top three college quarterbacks of all time, and better than Michael Vick in both the college realm and the better than world.
0: Michael Vick in college. But we can, but I digress. Um, Let's <laughs> uh, uh, start off
1: with football news. Uh, if you remember, former linebacker Trey Williams, uh, I think we covered it whenever he got hired. He was the he was named a special teams coordinator for the South Alabama Jaguars last March, and now he has received a nice little upgrade. Uh, a nice little promotion because he will now also still coach special teams, but also will coach the outside linebacker position uh, for the South Alabama Jaguars. So a nice little promotion for Trey Williams, a guy who definitely deserves that was a leader on this team uh, whenever he was here at Auburn uh, and just doing great things uh, at, and I, 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 love, I love that all the former Auburn players are just coaching around at, at little Alabama schools. You have, I think Deshaun Davis and on Johnson are both at UNA. Yeah, man. It's just awesome to see U N A
0: is a little bit like a mini Auburn. Like that, uh, that staff has got a lot of Auburn faces and Auburn alumnus not not just notable football alumnus, but a lot of alumnus within that program. Um, so I, I think it's safe to say that we're all U N A fans here. Uh, I, I I love lions. I, it's I, similar to it's similar. It's same family, big cat family, right? Yeah, same concept. Yeah. So yeah. there's uh, the
1: jaguars love, and.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Big, big cats. Uh, I big, <laughs> big fans of big cats around here. Um, as long as it's not at the LSU variety or the Missouri variety, we're we're in good shape. Um, I don't hate Missouri. I don't. I don't either. But we're not you know pro anyone but Auburn here. If we're going to show some bias, let's just go ahead and be honest. Um, and that's the case. That's uh, yeah. Big big congratulations to Trey um, and go Lions. Yes, U A. So let's get after it. Um, <laughs> I think there's some Auburn guys up at UAH as well. Well, we, maybe we can touch base. Get a let's get a UNA, a UAH. What the people want that'll feed families. Uh, crossover pro, uh, podcast episode. Get more feeder,
1: get more feeder schools for Auburn. You know, how, yeah. like how FIU and uh, North Texas were. North the Texas, yeah, Auburn. yeah.
0: It, it's feeding families is what it's doing. Norman. Exactly. That's really just the, the gist of that. Um, speaking of FIU transfers, actually, we're going to talk about Denver Jones here in a little bit, pivoting over to Auburn men's basketball. That's going to be the the meat and potatoes today, guys. Um, I know we do a lot of football talk here. Uh, I'm Hundred percent. I like Auburn football. I love Auburn basketball. I Love them both. But that's my metaphor that I tell everybody. Auburn's got this huge, huge, huge game at Neville Arena tomorrow night as the show comes out, Dylan. Um, I'm really, really excited about this one. I was really, really like anxious. Um, you know, not not nervous or stressed, but uh, anxious about the last one in terms of it was it had it written in stars that, that Auburn was going to drop that game to Alabama. Um, that it was not necessarily going to lose it, but it was very losable. Um, as is this one, um, Alabama's kind of pieced themselves together and has kind of figured some stuff out. Now sixteen and six, sole possession of first place in the SEC regular season race. Um, so they are cooking, unfortunately, uh, over over in Tuscaloosa. Let's talk about how Auburn can can learn from their last game. And we kind of went on a I went on an organized rant uh, after the Auburn loss to Alabama last time. You guys probably remember here on the show, Dylan. For me. And for everyone, uh, there's one one young man uh, on this Alabama team that's going to go in the first round of the NBA draft, um, and, and he's NBA ready now. His name is Mark Sears. And, and Auburn's approach to guarding him last game was hit and miss. Uh, the obvious given is don't put Lior Berman on him today. Sorry, uh, on, uh, tomorrow night. Sorry, Lior, no disrespect. Appreciate everything you've done for the program. But um, no one in the right mind, maybe including you, could understand why BP had you guarding him. Uh, Dylan, how does, how does Auburn slow down Mark Sears? What's the recipe there?
1: Uh, a little bit of Denver Jones mixed in with some KD Johnson. Uh, you need to play that aggressive defense, get in his face, make him antsy, and make him take bad shots. And this is a guy, Mark Sears, who doesn't normally take bad shots. He's shooting 44% from the three-point line. You have to stop that. Bama is playing 2019 Auburn-level offense. They are just living and dying by that three-point line. And when you have Mark Sears, you do a lot more living than dying from it. So, you need to keep your best defenders on him at any given time. I mean, of course, you got to worry about Aaron Estrada and Grant Nelson, uh, but and Ryland Griffin and Ryland Griffin. I was just going straight down the double digit ones, uh, but Denver Jones and Katie Johnson probably your best opportunities because they're the ones that are going to make make him make mistakes more often than not, and that's what you're going to need if you want to get the win here.
0: Yeah, here's the here's the harsh reality, folks. Uh, Alabama put on a shooting clinic uh in tuscaloosa Uh, they did not put on an an electric lighting um indoor lighting clinic but they did put on a three-point clinic uh at at the airplane hangar just a few weeks just a couple weeks ago and the the harsh reality of this is that auburn's got to play better defense on the perimeter make them beat you inside if you go pound for pound and and round for round uh in the paint scoring points in the paint i like auburn's chances that's just kind of a statement of fact here you got to shut Alabama down from the perimeter. It starts starts with Mark Sears, but yes, you mentioned, Aaron Estrada, Ryland Griffin had himself a day, um, and and Grant Nelson had himself a day against against uh, Auburn. Whether that be in the points column or making an impact off ball, kind of different situations for those two young men. But they've been so so damn consistent, Dylan, that you got to kind of sit there and circle. I know that Grant Nelson's listed as a four, but he, he does fine with the ball in his hand. Uh, you've got to make sure that your guards are on point. This is another one of those moments where you're sitting here and going, okay. We need the best game we can possibly have out of Denver Jones. Uh, KD Johnson's got to step up and play the brand of defense that he can. Chad Baker-Mazzara, I mean, he's got to got to show who the best forward, I guess uh, that small forward position, is on that on the floor uh, and, and has to step up and play the brand of defense he's, he's capable of playing. Dude's got a huge wingspan, block shots, um, knock, knock a couple down, swat a couple down, and make Alabama think twice about it. And I also think it kind of on the offensive end of the floor, I mean, obviously you want to shoot well, you want to score points. But it falls in the hands of the guards once again, Dylan. you got to play at your tempo. I sat here and told you guys I thought Alabama was probably going to try to slow this game down against, against Auburn, knowing damn well that Alabama's been playing at the speed of light all year. I don't know that that's sustainable on the road in, in terms of playing lights, uh, you know, playing at the speed of light, at supersonic pace. I, I I heard a quote on the broadcast last time that Alabama, and you know I haven't fact-checked this, but tries to get their shots off within the first eight seconds of the shot clock. I mean, what the hell? Don't that that's not that's not Auburn's brand. That's not what you do. You let your, your offense get set. You run, you run your sets and you get your opportunities to take the high quality shots that you can. Auburn did a great job against Ole Miss this past Saturday at the Pavilion, where they found second, third, fourth chance passes. Uh, one, the, the one more mentality we talked about on Sunday, Dylan, about making sure that you get to a guy with not just a good look, but a great look. And, and that falls in the hands of the guards that falls in the hands of on the offensive end. Trey Donaldson. In the in the hands of Aiden Holloway, you want to talk about a way to really warm the hearts of Auburn fans. Aiden, everybody's behind you, and everybody thinks that you've got the, all the all the talent in the world. Go out and whoop the hell out of Alabama, and people people are going to refer you as damn near god. Uh, that's just kind of how it works around here. And you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, which is it's right, but right, wrong, or indifferent, <laughs> that's the way the, the this this world, this landscape works. This is a big opportunity, Dylan, um, and I'm, I'm I'm all this to say, kind of long winded way. I'm going to transition over to Aiden Holloway. Uh, you, you mentioned the importance of Denver Jones and your Katie Johnson on, on the defensive end of the floor. How does Aiden Holloway really stand out and help Auburn take care of business? I think Auburn has the potential to steamroll Alabama on, on tomorrow night. By the way, I, 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 I'm st- sticking to my guns there. I don't know that they will rivalry game, but how does Aiden Holloway lead the charge on the offensive end of the floor? And that does not mean dropping 20 points, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. Facilitating the ball. Uh, taking good shots we saw against Ole Miss he only took four shots in the three-point line which sounds like a lot for a guy who came in as a backup but we saw a improvement from his shot selection he's not just throwing up shots sideways against Ole Miss like he was against Vanderbilt and Alabama and all these other games where he just did not look like he was ready to play at the high level or or not I don't want to say ready to play at the high level ready to start at this at, at the SEC level uh, Cause he needs that area of growth and you're, and we're seeing that ever so slowly. Uh, and I think if you want to see a good aid Holloway, you need to see a guy who is willing to take maybe two, three shots while also having probably like three or four or five assists. Uh, Cause that's what you're going to need, especially in a game where if, if you miss two threes in a row, Bama is more than likely to make those two uh, count against you. And you know, you could see, Two missed shots turn into a 6 0 lead for Alabama.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a, and, and, and a large part of that. You mentioned facilitating and taking good shots. That's also making good passes, Dylan. Uh, we, we, we saw Aiden Holloway get a little erotic and, and Trey Donaldson, too, uh, a, a little erotic uh, over the past couple games. Kind of just, I had, I, had a, I had a text from a friend of the program, uh, and, and he mentioned last game that in the past three games where Auburn has come from behind and tied it up. We we being Auburn. Auburn has directly turned around and immediately thrown a lob, three quarters court or plus, uh, that is air mailed out of bounds. And instead of capitalizing on a momentum shift, which that's true by the way, I went back and triple checked because that felt like a fever dream to me. But that's true. Um, instead of building on your momentum, you're just giving the other team the ball back. Uh, possessions in the game like this are precious. Limiting turnovers. That, that's that's huge. Trey Donaldson, I'm looking at you. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about getting pickpocketed. Trey's pretty good about holding onto the ball. Mental mistakes, mental mistakes. I was ready to scream watching Trey get backcourt violations. Uh, that that is, I mean, t- two in a game. The third one was a carry. I that's what they ruled it. It was totally backcourt. Um, but making smart fundamental decisions and and not turning the ball over. Silly, silly mistakes. And and whether that be errant, errant passes or, or dumb stuff like that, you just cannot afford to hand a team like an like an Alabama a second chance. And that pairs nicely to my next point here, Dylan. How bad does Auburn need to win the battle of the boards?
1: Uh Terribly. So I, I think it's every, the games that Auburn has lost this year. They have been out rebounded. And I don't know if I got that fact explicitly, right? But it does feel that way, especially Mississippi state. Toe Smith dominated the boards against us. And Josh Hubbard just did numbers against Auburn's defense. Jedi Broom, J Will, CBM, Denver Jones, KD Johnson. The best rebounders on this team need to be there. Dylan Cardwell needs to be back on his A game on the rebound side of the ball. He's been there defensively, not on the uh, but offensive rebound. Second chance points are going to be where this. Good game news is he's really in want. front
0: of the jungle, which it gives him plus five overall. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's got that uh, super like the superstar traits. X Factor like, superstar. Yeah, whatever. he's like <laughs> at home games. Plus 10 overall. Yeah. To dunk. No. <laughs> 10
0: it's it's like the badge is like big man on campus or something. Like,
1: like. <laughs> But yeah, you're looking at a, a game where uh Bama's guard play is gonna be rivaling uh, probably I would just gonna say better than Auburn's just because Mark Sears is just that good. But depth wise, that's it, his favorite Auburn. Uh but rebounding inside inside the paint, it's all Auburn. It's Janai Broom. It, yeah. It's Dylan Cardwell. That's the that's probably the the best one-two punch of center and backup center and, in, in college basketball. And yeah. I will, I, I bet my life on that. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's certainly top five.
1: And then of course you add in the fact that Chad Baker Mazar, I mean, we talk about Dylan Cardwell having 10 plus overall in front of the jungle. Uh, Chad Baker Mazar rivals Zach. I, <laughs> I think he loves playing for the Auburn crowd as much as anybody. Uh, and then Katie Johnson; those are guys who are going to get up and get those rebounds. They're going to jump over to you. They're they're going to get those over the back fouls. They're go- they're going for that ball. So it hits that rim or hits off the backboard, those guys are going to be flying at it. And that's why I just wish and pray Auburn could play every game in ever Arena.
0: Yeah, you see, Dylan. I, I don't mean to hurt and break your little football heart, but I challenge anybody to find any sport at any level where a home court home field advantage is more beneficial than college basketball. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you, it is. It is night and day. Uh, how much tougher, is it, uh, I think, in college basketball than in college football. Granted, I mean, yes, there are places that the death valleys of the world, um, the the Jordan Hairs of the world, where Penn State. you go, Penn State, the swamps, the yeah, Gainesville, um, Memorial Stadium. Mark? For I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of memorials around here, but the boots. Yeah, shoe. yeah. Th- things of that of that nature. Like, yes, they are loud. College basketball, your your students are right on top of these players, quite literally. Um, thank it's by the grace of God that it doesn't happen more often where players get into scuffles with students. Like it is, <laughs> it really is. Uh, but we bear
1: we, we bear witness to one of those. Uh, yes, uh, yes. But sadly, <laughs> it was not just a student. It was uh, Derek Hall. It that was Derek was... Hall.
0: I would not want to meet that guy outside. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm
1: I'm glad that that guy. I forgot his name. Stevenson. Stevenson? Yeah. I, I'm glad he like ran away after the game.
0: Yeah, or, or I mean, that Derek
1: Hall was just too happy that we won the
0: that yeah won the SEC title. It, it, probably the latter. Um, but uh, that that guy should count his blessings because I would not want to go pound for pound with with Derek Hall. But I, I digress. We are talking about the battle of the boards. Second chance points are big here too, Dylan. Auburn led Alabama into too many opportunities for second chance points in in their first meeting. Uh, that's just something you have to eliminate completely. But also on the offensive end of the floor, you got to put up a couple of second-chance buckets. And that, that goes and falls on the shoulders of Jani Broome. And Auburn forgot about that guy for a lot of, of their first matchup. And it's been alarming how much they've forgotten about him as of late. They forgot about Jani at the Pavilion on Saturday for a little bit. And they were like, wait a minute, 6'10", probably going in the first round of the NBA draft. Maybe we should get him the ball. And suddenly, suddenly, good things happen beating Janai Broom down low after, especially he's gonna he's gonna clean up his work on the on the glass. He's gonna get his. You got to give him the opportunity to get to put some more points up uh, as as you as you set run your sets. He's great with that high ball screen pick and roll too. I mean, you, there's just a limitless list of opportunities and ways that you can score Janai Broom. And I mentioned it before. I'll say it once. And I'm gonna say it a thousand times this the next couple of 24 hours, Dylan. You've got to win this game in the paint. And that starts with Janai Broom. It cleans up with Jalen Williams and the and the cherry on top is your Dylan Cardwell having a good outing. But it starts with Janai. Janai, this is your opportunity to also go put down some really good film uh for the NBA draft because this guy is you're you're better than them. All right, look, uh, here's your whiteboard material, Nate Oats. I don't think you have a single pl- player on your on your roster and, and then that can play in the paint better than Janai Broom. I don't. Uh, that's, uh, don't just clip that for, for, for quoting it. I don't, I think I also feel that way pretty much anytime Janai Broom steps on the floor. I think I, I like Auburn's chances against anybody. If, if Janai Broom's got his A game. Now there are times that you're going to have down, down Janai Broom and that's not fun to watch. But I think Janai Broom is uh, first off a snub for SEC player of the year watch, by the way. Um, but I think he's the best player on the court when he steps on the court. Be that talking
1: about, You're talking about a guy who's one, uh, 1. 1.2 rebounds away. From averaging a double double, uh, and unbelievable. I I would love to look back at the season thus far and just count how many times I've heard the quote from the commentator saying, well, "Janai Broom had two points in the first half." Janai Broom didn't was held scoreless in the first half. Janai Broom only had four points in the first half, and then it might be erupted. The
0: gap- half adjustments
1: erupted in the second half. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about the Ole Miss game and it is the fact that I I think Jay will said this at, at during the post game. They kicked their coaches out of the out of the locker room. It was like Jay Will and Janai and a few of the other leaders on this team talking like, all right, we shouldn't be losing no Miss in any sport, but mostly basketball.
0: And if that's the headspace that Janai Broom and Jalen Williams go in, into a game, then Auburn's almost unbeatable. Because Janai Broom, when he knows he's better than you or he thinks he's the best player on the court, he is the best player on the court. Period. I mean, he is... We've seen great play from forward slash centers, that stretch four, uh, small five, whatever you want to call it. Auburn was spoiled in 2021, 2022 with two of the best in the business and, and Walker Kessler and, and 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 Jabari Jabari Smith. But this guy, is, is he's a complete package. He's vocal, he's a leader, and he's a scorer, damn it. I mean, he, he just knows how to finish at the rim better than he ever did last year. Uh, he, he was great last year, but I mean, he is phenomenal this year. And then you throw in the fact that you got to deal with him, and then Jalen Williams gets some spacing. I mean, good night. Good night. Good luck.
1: And all that you got to worry about with Jani Broom is keeping him out of the free throw, keep him from shooting free throws. Uh, Because I believe he is one of the worst on the team in terms of shooting free throws. But he's not, not this
0: team has not been collectively bad from the stripe this year, which has been refreshing, guys. I mean, 62
1: is the lowest from any of the 10 guys that go in the game. Uh, But after that, J-Will's got 80. CBM's got 87. Aiden's got 76, which is a little low for him. Uh, Denver Jones is shooting a crisp team high, uh, except for the Darren Scots of the world, Uh, shooting 90% from the free-throw line. Is that good? I I believe so. Uh, I believe it's uh, 90 out of 90, so yeah, 100%. (laughs) 90 out of 100. Uh, But the rest of the team has done very well shooting free throws. It's like the one part of Jani's game, that annoys me. It's like you're so good at everything else. You're shooting 34 from 34% from the three point. Yeah, 9. now he's knocking down
0: stuff from the perimeter like semi-routinely. <laughs> Come if on, man. They, shoot the free throws. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm trying to manifest uh an Auburn like big an Auburn run that gets Auburn up like 20 points in this game, and it just gets topped off by a Dylan Cardwell open look three that just hits the back
0: hits
1: the back iron right and goes in.
0: We've seen Dylan Cardwell's one uh three point attempt for the season. And I actually said out loud, what in the Horace Spencer did I just watch?
1: I mean, just I, I just want you to paint this picture. Imagine in the jungle, Auburn's up by a lot against Alabama. Crowd's already already rowdy. And then Dylan Cardwell pulls up and just bangs a three.
0: Yeah, louder than any dunk he's ever done.
1: <laughs> louder than any play that's ever happened in Neville. Yeah. Arena.
0: It would it would be it would be no, it it would be up there, but Auburn putting a century on Alabama our senior year was pretty damn good. With,
1: with the walk-ons?
0: <laughs> yep, with the walk-ons. Leading well, the Leo, Leo Berman dunk. <laughs> Leo Berman dunk was nuts. Yep, that was nuts. Okay, let's do it, Dylan. Score predictions. Alabama at Auburn. Must see TV. This game, huge implications. And we're going to talk on the other side of our break here in a second about this game's implications and, and what, where we think Auburn can be at the end of the SEC slate. Alabama at Auburn, Iron Bowl basketball, part two, rubber match. Your final score, Dylan.
1: Give me – I'm tempted to put the in glass glasses on, but I don't think I'm bugging when I say this. I think Auburn's going to win. I'm going to go 85-75.
0: 91-79, Tigers. I'm telling you, this game screams foot on their throats. And, and look. Auburn can go out there and, and win this game by a couple points and, and and come out if they come out flat. I like Auburn in this one. I like this one as a statement win. Back to back Q1s. Don't let the Tigers get hot. Uh this is this is a game that could be a turning point. Ole Miss could have been the, the kick start. And and that, you know, scrappy win over Vanderbilt, whatever. Could have could have been a good, you know, I guess boost back up off the ground, pull you up off the ground. This one could be one that could send you to the moon. Um, because we're getting to the point of the year now. Folks, it is February. It Will be February seven when this game is played. We're getting to the point where you want to start getting hot. You want to get really hot later this later this month. We'll be talking about how important that is. But we are getting close, and I like Auburn to win this one in kind of convincing fashion. Dylan,
1: I would say if Auburn could play like they did in that second half against all Miss for like the next
0: nobody beats like
1: say like forty halves. I don't. I'm give or take a little because I don't know how exactly because I think it's eighteen for the rest of the season, and then. Uh there's like what four SEC games. So they say eight for that. Not eight. Is,
0: oh, oh, you mean eighteen halves for those it's so. going
1: yeah, it's going throughout the the rest of the season. I'm gonna try to go to the tournament and the march Madness. us. Uh I'm just gonna say 40. You know, what? Yeah, why not? That's fine. It yeah. goes in the next season and just keep playing. Bucks, whatever. Just infinity. Play it yeah, like for the that. next for like the next forever.
0: I like that one. On the other side of this, quick little break. We will talk to you guys. We're gonna give our thoughts about Auburn's chances about snatching that first overall spot. And taking the not the head-to-head, but splitting the head-to-head with the University of Alabama for possession of first place in the SEC and where we think the Tigers could finish this season, uh, pending a couple other outcomes. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody, if you're watching here on the YouTube stream, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here at the College League YouTube channel. Make sure you stay up-to-date. Everything coming out right here is a ton of fun for us. We hope it's just as much fun for you guys. We want to make sure you guys stay up-to-date there. Drop a comment. We've given you plenty. Plenty of whiteboard materials, I said earlier today, to give us feedback. (laughs) Talk to us about your highs and lows. And we're about to give our, after we talk about SEC standings, we're going to talk about our mid-season, mid-conference season superlatives. So make sure you guys give us your feedback. want to hear what you guys would have placed these guys at, who you would have picked where, and we want to hear from all of you. If you're not listening on the YouTube stream and you're listening on one of your streaming platforms, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Give us five stars or a thumbs up. Make sure you share the show. Whatever the highest rating is on your streaming platform of choice, give us that. I promise you it helps the algorithm more than I can begin to explain. And we truly, truly do appreciate every single one of you guys. Y'all are the reason we're able to do what we're able to do. If you want to continue to support the show in ways beyond liking and subscribing and ringing said bell, you can head over to thewarwarwar.com. Pick up your very own college loop. War Report Podcast Network co-branded Fuel and Loopy t-shirt. Comes in five different colorways. Most comfortable shirt you will ever own. Cannot employ you enough to go purchase and pick up your very own Feelin' Loopy t-shirt. Once you pick that up, use hashtag Feel Loopy. That's Feelin' without the G on whatever social media platform makes you the happiest, whatever you use the most, tag us in it. And we will make sure we throw it up on the next stream for the show. Thank you guys for your continual love and support. You guys are the best loopers. Win every single time. Let's talk SEC standings, Dylan. As this stands now, now granted, if you're listening to this Tuesday night, there's a slate of SEC games that could have changed all of this. So just ignore me. But if you're listening (laughs) on Tuesday morning, (laughs) lock in right now. (laughs) As we stand right now on Monday, February 5th, as we're recording this at 1040 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the worst time zone. Uh, 940 if
1: you're in the good time zone.
0: 940 if you're in God's time zone. The Alabama Crimson Tide stand alone at the top of the SEC standings. That is Alabama, 8-1, 16-16 overall. Right below them are a pair of 7-2 teams. The Auburn Tigers at 18-4 overall. And as everyone expected, the South Carolina Gamecocks at 7-2 overall. Which, by the way, we've mentioned earlier in the, uh, in the week, Dylan, or I guess on the Sunday stream, that team is for real. Still in the hunt. Tennessee at 6-2, 16-5 overall. And then Ole Miss, Kentucky, Florida, all right, there neck and neck at five and four. You want to throw AM in there? Have a nice time that four and four. But <laughs> we've got <laughs> a, starting to see some parity. Starting to see some parity within the SEC uh, race, and somehow, some way, Kentucky seems to be in in a position where they got some must wins ahead of them. So does Auburn. Don't take that away. Auburn's got some must wins, and it starts tomorrow night. But. Where things are at right now, Dylan, and what we just said on the, before the break, we both picked Auburn to beat Alabama, which would put Auburn at eight and two heading into this weekend. Where do you think the Tigers can finish in the SEC? Is the SEC regular season dream very much alive, or where are we standing on that?
1: I think it's very much alive uh, right now. I probably say Auburn finishes that two spot. I do think Tennessee is very good. I don't. I wouldn't give Tennessee that much credit. Like later on, and like the and and the and The tournaments, uh, because they, Rick Barnes teams do seem to fall apart in, in March. Oh, uh, darn! <laughs> uh, but I definitely think that I, I think the game being in in Nealand is not ne- Knoxville. I don't know Knoxville. if it's Neyland. Knoxville. Uh, I, I think that definitely is going to help Tennessee's case. Uh, I, I think Tennessee's going to win the SEC regular season title, but I definitely Albert finished second. I think Auburn is going to be probably a favorite to win the one SC tournament overall. I just kind of think that's how this team's gonna be built built out. Uh the depth is gonna be helpful later on that season as well. Uh I do like Auburn's chances of potentially getting upset. But I, I think and I, Knoxville? Yeah.
0: I love that about you.
1: I, I but right now I think I'm gonna I'd predict Tennessee to win it win the regular season. I think Auburn gets to the last game of the SEC tournament. Uh and then I think that's a nicely for Mark Madness.
0: Yeah, it, it, it certainly does, and I, I, I'm with you. Let's let's take a look real quick. I'm just going to kind of run through. I think it's a three-horse race right now. Uh, Kentucky's still in the mix. They come to Neville Arena and they beat Auburn. Things get weird. It's just, let's just be 100% real, and that's a very losable game because love them or hate them, and I think we all hate them, but Kentucky's still got a boatload of talent, and they lost to a very, very good Tennessee team, like Dylan just mentioned, a team that I'm in the same camp I think is going to win the SEC regular season. But – Auburn's schedule coming down the stretch. Obviously, we'll, we'll look past Alabama. If they can get through Alabama, they've got a pretty, pretty weird little Florida team that's been kind of just hanging in games and finding ways to win in the goofiest ways possible. But they got to Auburn's got to head head to the to the swamp and, and, and go on the road to do so. And Florida's still in that the thick of it right there, five and four in the conference. So they've got a lot of reason to play ball uh, to, to this point. If you look past that, you've got South Carolina at home. Don't need to really say much about this game because South Carolina is not the pushover we thought South Carolina might be. Very losable game there. Kentucky comes to Auburn Arena, uh, excuse me, Neville Arena uh, immediately following that. We'll have to see where both of those teams are at right now. I like where Auburn is compared to where Kentucky's headed, but Kentucky's going to be in desperation mode. They need to win games and they need other people to lose. That's one where they can swing it. UGA and Athens. God, I hate that game. I absolutely hate it. Georgia's three <laughs> and six on the year uh, in the conference right now. And I anticipate for them to lose a handful more games. I don't think they're where they want to be right now or where, they, where Mike White can take that team. They're going to be the most awesome average team you've ever seen. Uh, but that's one of those scary teams that you have to play Mike White late team. And that sucks. Uh, then you had Knoxville, Tennessee. We already talked about that. Mississippi State, Missouri, Georgia. Two of those three at home. Missouri on the road. Missouri still winless in the conference Auburn's schedule gets tougher before it gets easier. You do have a nice little three-game stretch coming out of the uh, out of Knoxville uh, of Mississippi State, Missouri, Georgia, too. Those, like I said, at home. Let's look at the other two real quick, Dylan. I promise I'm not going to drag this out uh, too long, but I do want to take a look at this as we're discussing the SEC regular season potential. Alabama doesn't have a cakewalk, but the schedule seems pretty similar. So you've got to travel to Auburn, and that's a tough one. Then you got to go to an LSU team that, like, why are you still making noise? But here you are, uh, <laughs> not like completely out of the mix here. Uh, Texas A&M, a team that's going to be in "got to win now" mode uh, because they need to fight like hell to make the tournament. Uh, Florida, another one of those feisty teams. Kentucky on the road, Ole Miss on the road. It's a sneaky game for Alabama, by the way. That Ole Miss team does uh, that pavilion's that is a real environment now. Uh, versus Tennessee, I, I think Alabama drops that game, and then at Florida uh, versus Arkansas, round Eric Musselman, may you rest in peace, my friend enjoy your next stop, wherever that may be um, Eric Musselman is on his way out, folks, I'm just calling it as I see it, uh, we've all heard the rumors and if there's any teeth to them, that guy is gone um, Tennessee last last pony here in the race, LSU, AM, Arkansas, win, win, and win, all I do is win, win, win <laughs> Then they get their in-state foe of Vanderbilt and Missouri. Win-win. Texas A&M win. Auburn. There's your toughest game on the slate. Oh, wait. Then you round out your season with Alabama, South Carolina, and Kentucky. Auburn's got to play really, really well over these next four games because then they can get help. They're not going to get it beforehand, Dylan. So we're going to find out here in the next two and a half, three weeks. Well, I mean, hell, I guess everybody's going to find out in the next two, <laughs> two and a half three weeks about where we're going to be, but – if Auburn takes care of their end of the bargain and wins the games they're supposed to win, like Bruce Pearl always says, Dill, I think Auburn can win the SEC regular season, but I'm still taking Tennessee.
1: Dude, I, I completely agree. I think by April, we're really going to know how,
0: this, how the SEC shakes I may. Out. I bet you know we, we know <laughs> who wins the national championship.
1: Yeah, I swear. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy to me that Tennessee is going to have a little bit of a, of a cakewalk up until Auburn comes in the town. And honestly, that uh, it, unless that Tennessee team is like extremely prepared, which Rick Barnes and, and BP always seem to uh, make it enjoyable for people it's who are not. <laughs> if people make the game very enjoyable for uh, fans who are not fans of either of those two teams playing, uh, and that those last four games would scare the crap out of me if I'm a if I'm a casual Tennessee fan who doesn't know how good they actually have it right now, because uh, Auburn at Bama at South Carolina. And then Kentucky, that's just h- horrific. Uh, and, of course, Missouri. You can't, can't forget about Missouri. Uh, Let's not
0: forget, South Carolina already beat Tennessee once. And they did it in Knoxville.
1: South Carolina sweeping Tennessee would bring a, another obnoxious fan base into the SEC. Carolina basketball. sweeping
0: Tennessee could mean South Carolina wins the league.
1: I don't. No, nah, I can't rock with you on that. I, I'm not I, there
0: yet. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that
1: yet. South Carolina still has they're going all the though.
0: They're for sure dancing.
1: Oh well, half the SEC is dancing. I think eight nine teams in this. Yes.
0: nine teams. Nine yes, teams are dancing.
1: All you're missing out on is uh, honestly. If you had told me, imagine imagine someone told you this, in, let's say. I'm just gonna go November because you're at least required in the season. That South Carolina's gonna finish above Arkansas, and Missouri. Where would you have said Arkansas, and Missouri were gonna be ranked
0: at? Missouri dead last. I, I would have thought they were worse than 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 Vanderbilt. They lost everybody. Um, I would have been like above Arkansas. Damn. Uh, South Carolina must have finished like fourth in the league, third in the league, maybe second. Like, like and then they, I
1: t- then I'd tell you that Arkansas is actually eleventh in the league.
0: It really, it really hurts me. I hate it for those lovely, lovely Hog fans in um, and, and Fable in um, their lovely basketball program to see that they are suffering, cr- crashing, and burning. <laughs> this is how we win. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> this is how we win, folks. Some are saying – I'm going to start the narrative, Dylan, before we pivot into our mid-season, mid-conference season um, superlatives. Excuse me. Some people are saying that Auburn broke Arkansas, and I'm not. I'm just not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying it's me. I'm just saying some people are saying that, and it's word on the street, and there's some traction
1: is was there anybody who was happier to see Auburn beat Arkansas uh by 30 points more than Wendell Green Jr was
0: I'm a close second
1: I, I don't think that I don't think it's comparative at all I think Wendell Green Wendell Green might hate Arkansas more than like
0: Arkansas anybody Arkansas yeah. <laughs> Dude, Wendell that. Green might hate Arkansas more than Eric Musselman hates Arkansas
1: right now if I'm Wendell Green, what is he at? He's like playing overseas now, I think.
0: Yeah,
1: Uh, he would he would probably spend a lot of money to come over there and just like roll Arkansas's campus just because they won.
0: I think that that Wendell Green had no problem staying up super late. And uh, overseas uh, to watch that game. I think that he was he was not fine, not pro, not bothered by sleep depri- deprivation.
1: Game on the TV, Twitter in his hand.
0: That's right, that's right. <laughs> Wendell Green Jr., a young man that made the midseason superlative list last year. That's a good segue. Um, I know that for a fact that he was on the superlative list last year. So let's talk over. Let's flip. It. I think he was offensive player of the, uh, of the of the year at that point. This this point last year,
1: uh, Wendell Green definitely probably would have been that because uh, Jani Broom hadn't really emerged as that. As the and, score. Yeah, and then Jay Will was consistently 12 Flat. points, and then Alan Flanagan was.
0: Oh, I forgot about him! Alan Flanagan, I, I went to Auburn, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Dude, did his dad go to Auburn? <laughs>
1: like, we're gonna, there's gonna be a time where we're gonna remember the Alan Flanagan and Bo Nix years at Auburn,
0: and Jarrett Stidham's from Texas, anyways. So, we move forward. <laughs>
1: And Bonix's dad is Patrick Nick.
0: Did you know Bonix was at the 2010 national championship? Dumb. so MVP. Also, Jake Fromm played in Little League World Series. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it's a name I did not want to hear today. It's a name that a lot of people don't want to hear because it's really he's not a really a good person. Anyways, uh <laughs> so mid conference season uh, awards basketball.
1: Starting off easily with who is the most valuable player on this team and i think the same way when we did our diamond superlatives when we had the same player of the year i think we're gonna have the same mvp here uh you're we're both going at darren scott right
0: oh i was going with bruce pearl oh i was gonna have some crazy ass metaphor yeah um it's jenny Broom. it's jenny Broom. yeah it's jenny Broom, and
1: that's not, that's not a dig J- at darren scott i love a darren scott that, that oh little, he's awesome that little insanity run he went in the middle of the game was awesome he's awesome but yeah, just an eye broom. Uh, just the best player on the court, and no matter where he's playing at, arguably better than Zach Aday. Just saying. People are saying. People are saying. I will. I will, I will know, preach though. it. I will preach it from the mountaintops. The uh, Zach day is just tall. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> and not like Walker Kessler tall. He is like just tall. He is I just talk. Walker. He is just taku
0: fall. I miss Walker Kessler. Anyways.
1: Did I? No, I'm going to enter every team war ready <laughs> competition until I get that Walker Kessler, Kessler jersey.
0: I'm going to do the, it. I've already had the Barry one. I have the, I have the vintage. I was like, that's,
1: that's what I was going to do. I was going to get the Walker one because you got the Barry one. I was like, it's just the yin and the yang. Yeah, I, uh, I have I'll the vintage
0: just, Jabari Smith Jr. jersey too. It's He's number one, not 10. That's retro, baby.
1: That one's probably like on sale now on Fanatics or something.
0: I don't want to talk about it. Listen, my girlfriend, <laughs> sent her hard earned money to get me a brand new jersey his rookie year. And I was so excited. I did not have the heart to tell her until one day I was watching a Rockets game on my phone because I wanted to watch Bari. And she goes, Where's Jabari? I was like, He's right there. He's number 10. And it was like one of those like sitcom moments. Where you're like, Oh, sh- shouldn't have said that. And she's like, Wait, his jersey was one. It was a whole conundrum. Anyways, Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> offensive Player of the Year. I'm going to be rocking with J. Will here uh he has just been a guy who like Jedi Broom has just been one of Auburn's like most consistent pieces he is a electric factory whatever he is wanting to be on the court uh those dunks (laughs) that he did against Ole Miss were just uh chef's kiss anytime a player can absolutely silence Ole Miss fans you're gonna win my heart more often than not no I, I don't even care if you play for Auburn if you do that to Ole Miss I I'll love you, unless you play for two other teams, uh, one in the other side of Alabama and the other one in Athens. Uh, But yeah, more often than not. Uh, But just a guy who's been the key piece to his offense. Whenever Jedi Broom is getting guarded up, Jay Will's there. Uh, Jay Will's currently averaging 40% 40 from the three point line. He has been Albert's most consistent scorer. And again, whenever he wants to be on the court, he is just, he makes this team
0: complete. Which is why I can't even change my answer. Like this is, and and guys, I know we usually make these like lists and whatever. This one I feel like is it's very understandable to have overlap Um, because we're gonna have at least three of those. Yeah, there's gonna be at least three of these because there's some clear overlap here, uh, and and for good reason. Jalen Williams, when he wants to be the best player on the floor, he can be. It's a matter of uh, I I think a little bit of a head case. I'm not calling him a head case, but like a little bit of just like having the ability to step up and say I'm gonna take over this game, and he can do that. He's also the, yeah, that you want another Jalen Williams on OKC, <laughs> which by the way I didn't realize how well the Thunder were doing this year. But anyways,
1: yeah, we're actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I, figured, I wish yeah. I could. I wish I could watch the games. Yeah, I bet you're having fun uh, metaphorically. Anyways, I I digress. Jalen Williams taking great looks from from beyond the arc. I mean, he's not just jacking up threes; they're great quality shots. Nobody has a prettier sky hook than Jalen Williams.
1: Uh, it's gorgeous.
0: It it it, it is an, it is art like hanging in the loop. Like period, and he's just a physical scorer. He he goes up, follows his own shot, always finds ways to create. If he's not, if he's not open, he finds ways to get his other his his teammates and his guys open. Selfless player. I, there's nothing to not love about Jalen Williams' offensive game, and that's why he's my offensive player of the year to this point. And that could only change is the only way that changes is if Denver Jones goes on some kind of like you mentioned earlier Linsanity run in the and the tournament, which in which case I will allow recency bias to take over my mind, and that's I would okay. Say it.
1: I would appreciate it if all of the players who are currently on a hot streak not go on a Linsanity run. I know it's a funny meme, but the Linsanity run only lasted so long and then it crashed and burned.
0: So, it can crash and burn in May. I don't care.
1: Yeah, Denver Jones can shoot 0% from the three-point line with 10 shots uh, thrown up as long as Auburn is not in the middle of a game and the season is over. and he's
0: It is a postseason scrimmage. Exactly. And he's you.
1: and he's just throwing up like hook shots from the three point line.
0: Yeah, with his left hand.
1: Exactly. Like I, he can shoot bad whenever the game's not going on. Uh, yep. No more insanity runs for starters.
0: <laughs> Agree. But
1: defensive player of the year, and this is again gonna have some overlap to it because it's kind of hard yeah. to pick against a guy who's averaging eight point eight rebounds a game, and of course two point three blocks. And a steal per game, and is one of the best defensive players in the country, and is currently in the lead for a bunch of SEC awards and national awards. Hey, it's Broom. Again, it's
0: it's Jerniber. Yeah. <laughs> it's just he's so awesome. Like he's he's going to go down as one of my favorite Auburn basketball players ever. Uh, I, I I say that like I I have a saw my, my heart is divided, uh, and a large chunk of that belongs to Isaac O'Coro. Um, a large portion of that. Belongs to Samir Dowdy, uh, and a large portion of that belongs to Jabari Smith slash Walker Kessler. But he's going to have a, a big chunk of this. Uh, he's he's just he's just awesome. Like <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing to, that you look at Janai broom and go, man, I wish he wouldn't have done that. Um, often, like it, that's just part of all. But like, yeah, he's he's awesome. Like, <laughs> stop okay, giving I, him stupid fouls, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at Albert Basswood just because I have, and you know, I got the Robbie Ashford jersey. I'm like, I I really need to find a guy who I can. Fucking I've been looking at those basketball jerseys on the Auburn Tigers website, and this is not a this is not a free ad. I'm just making conversation. I've been looking at the Katie Johnson jerseys, and I've been looking at the at the Janai Broom jerseys. I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm also looking at. Of course, there's a lot of other players I really like, but Katie Johnson just fits my play style so perfectly. Yeah, he just he my really, mood.
0: He really does. All right, so let's move on with our uh, our midseason awards, Dylan. It looks like you have Minor in possession up next. Huh? MIP minor in possession of alcohol. Is that what we're saying? Uh,
1: that was uh, most improved player of the season. <laughs> I'll let you kick this one off first.
0: Most improved player for this year is uh, I'm, I'm going with Dylan Cardball. Uh, I am. Uh, he's been disappointing the past couple games. Silly fouls. Uh, hashtag the refs suck. Um, no, nah, I just, I mean, SC officiating is, is it is what it is. College officiating is what it is.
1: Officiating is bad all around, yeah, do, yeah, no yeah, matter yeah. what sport you're in. No.
0: The older you get, the more you get annoyed with it. But it is what it is. Uh, he has taken a giant leap, not just a step forward uh, this year. And, and Dylan Carwell is pro- providing meaningful, good minutes off the bench in large. If this guy can get back to where he was three or four games ago, and I, I attribute this to what I'm just going to call a slump, Dylan. Uh, if he can get out of this little slump slash funk where he's getting dumb fouls and, and really almost trying a little too hard on the offensive side of the floor, that guy can be super valuable in March. Uh, like unbelievably valuable in March. I I, I like the, all the comparisons. You mentioned it earlier in the show. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I don't know that there's a stronger one-two punch at the five position. Geniah stretch for NBA draft scouts. If you're listening to the college League podcast, he's a great stretch for um, I'm, I'm really lobbying for him, but there's not a better one-two punch and uh, in, in the paint than Geniah than Broom and Dylan Cardwell and his continual commitment to getting better. Mind you, he has another year of eligibility if he wants it. Has been remarkable and i i think that in large if he can continue what he's been doing he's probably earned the right to have a, a bid of that starting job in 2024
1: 25 yeah, i completely agree and you know i was just talking about my most improved player of the game uh most improved player of the season uh because it's katie johnson uh where yeah. this this uh this uh award was made for my favorite players because no. katie johnson and Dylan no. Carroll my are my top two guys that I just love watching play. Katie Johnson, just an absolute psychopath. CBM is also one of those guys, but Katie Johnson has been doing it for a lot longer for me. Uh, I, but Katie Johnson, just, just racking up the steals as he does. He's probably a top three defender on this team. I would say.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Because
1: of his ability to get in your face. And he plays, sure. that, he plays that Caleb Jones level of defense where he's just going to annoy the ever loving crap out of the the Scoob
0: team. Jones defensive player of the year. <laughs>
1: And I just—it's hard for me not to pick against because I think those those plays where you just look at watch Katie Johnson dribble the ball and you're like, he's about to—he's about to throw this up. Yeah, I think that I think you've seen a lot more of those go in this year than you did last year.
0: I think that you mentioned that if there was ever uh, an award made for your two favorite players, I think there would be two awards and it would go to your two guys. Uh, and, and Dylan Carwell and Katie Johnson, because I actually think Katie Johnson is your comeback player of the year. I, I know we didn't put that down, but I think he's your comeback guy of the year. Um, talk about just a dreadful season last year. It was, it was hard to watch and and no one could figure out what kind of funk Katie Johnson was in. And then this year he is back to being awesome. So uh, power to him. And he's got another year of eligibility if he wants it too, which I think he'll probably exercise. So we'll see. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, Dylan. I agree with you. I'm just going to throw in a little asterisk. If, there was, if we did have a comeback player of the year category, I think it would be unanimously Katie Johnson for us.
1: Uh, of course. I will never deny an opportunity to pick Katie Johnson as the best player at something.
0: Hey, if Aiden Holloway comes back next year, we can promise him that we will name him comeback player of the year on the College of podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not – you, I'll, I'll shake on it right now if you'll shake on it, Dylan. We, we,
1: will, we will name you the Katie Johnson comeback player of the year.
0: Love it. I, I love that. I'm down. Write that, down. Write that and,
1: down. And the statue is Katie Johnson screaming into the stadium.
0: Yes. Yes. That's also my Xbox profile picture, by the way. It's just Katie Johnson just erratically screaming.
1: I make sure that I always use Katie Johnson for the graphics just because
0: he's it's awesome. So hard.
1: It's, hard, it's so hard not to. Him and CBM are just the best. Like, they no, the no, most. no, no, no.
0: You, you, you don't have to finish. You already said it. C- him and CBM are just the best.
1: They are. Yeah, I, I, there was like a most animated player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have like a little surprised one. Who would be the – if college if NCAA college basketball returned, who would be your like user for Auburn Hoops?
0: Ed and Holloway. Lamb answer, I would do the dumbest stuff with his handles. That guy is unbelievably good hand putting the ball on the floor. Like he, like that, that guy is like, – and, and and his his three point shooting percentage would be good because he's just got to they just got to fall like they, that's gonna come guys like him, him shooting is gonna that's gonna come, um, he would be awesome because you would just cross people up and make people look stupid and then I would play like classic teams with this current Auburn team I'd go cross up Ty Washington, be the first thing I did, <laughs> I would I am out of the game, I I hold grudges, I do that yes, I'm what you might call an asshole,
1: I say uh, underrated pick. You know, you know. Whenever you play those NBA games, and the, the starter gets hurt on the opposing team, and then the backup comes in, and just plays absolutely like lights out. Yeah, I think Dylan Carwell will be that like absolutely ridiculous, like seventy-five overall, like five.
0: Yeah, but I'm not gonna use her a big. I, I love user in the bigs. Nah, I'm good. Because I'm you card. can just
1: block. I I love blocking shots, and, and Dylan Carwell would just do that. He probably has the yeah. Best yeah no,
0: I, I would I would rely on his CPU numbers to do that for me. Um, but hey, his dunk
1: his dunk packages though.
0: I know I'd be throwing lobs with Aiden Holloway. Like it would be awesome. Like from yeah. across the court. And video games, sure. Yeah, duh. <laughs> well, just to knock,
1: knock these last two out, we have best newcomer. It's going to be your transfer portal guys or your, I guess, one freshman coming in.
0: Yeah, it's unanimous, right? Chad Baker. Right.
1: i was gonna go Denver. Okay. I like Denver's ability. He's he's finally finding his own. He's getting touches. He's getting shots up. He is. He scored nineteen points two games ago. He, it, and I, again, I I think Denver Jones. I, believe me, I love Chad Baker Mazzara. I think Denver Jones plays more of an X factor into Auburn games than CBM does. Because hmm. uh, I, I think I think I, there's more. I,
0: I only don't agree for just, a, just they're different players. Literally yeah, different
1: I, I think Auburn has more to lose if Denver Jones is off than they do if CBM is off. Because yeah. it's the players around them playing the position. Like Jay J- Will can pick up the slack for CBM and Jani Broom can as well.
0: Yes, but I think that uh, – to your point, I think you're correct. I think you absolutely nailed that. But on like, the other end of that spectrum, I think that you gain more from CBM being on X Games mode than you would from Denver being on X Games mode. I I, 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 agree. I, I said just because of CBM's ability to defend at the rim. Like, and we get, and-
1: we only, we only talk about this because Auburn's positions have just amped up since last season because – we weren't able to talk about the depth like this last year.
0: Right. Right and that's that's
1: the that's the great thing about this team. I just need to start playing more consistently and not ever do what they did two weeks ago ever again.
0: <laughs> right. Just leave that in the past. Did not happen.
1: All right. And then last one we have sixth man of the year.
0: I'll let you go first.
1: I think I'm gonna rock with Trey Donaldson. And I know he just won the starting job.
0: Yeah, I think I am too. I think I've convinced myself.
1: Do we do we just go five for six? Yeah, maybe. That tracks tracks with us. No, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. We had different, most improved.
1: Yeah, five for six. Oh, no, four for six.
0: Yeah, four for six. Yeah, no, a little bit different. Yeah, but
1: Trey Donaldson coming off the bench is the best facilitator on this team. By far,
0: yeah. When he's not making stupid mistakes.
1: Well, yeah, that goes for both the guards,
0: <laughs> right? No, yeah. Oh, nobody's <laughs> safe in that statement. Like, I'm an equal opportunist there.
1: Uh, but Trey's currently averaging three and a half uh, assists per game, while only averaging, I think, one and a half turnovers. So, two in the in the plus there. Uh, just does things with the ball that Aiden can't do. More physical. Uh, I think he's a his basketball well, IQ. Not seems- ready to do yet. Yes, I will say. I let's, agree.
0: Let's let's not put the cart cart before the horse. That guy's still. Yeah, I awesome. I
1: don't want to. I'm not throwing any digs at Nolan. I'm <laughs> trying to make comparisons, and that comes out Hallway's the wrong way. Want to be a dog? He's going to be awesome, and next year when he's developed and he's turns into He's going to be awesome that. on
0: Wednesday night. Yes,
1: he's going to be awesome every day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but Trey Donaldson is definitely my sixth man of the year. I I think, and he's earned the starting job uh, just by doing that. He's a great facilitator. He get he doesn't put himself first in the points category, but no one on this team really does. But he des- he's probably the best on this team at giving the other guys a chance to get those points, to get steals, to get rebounds, to get anything. He's probably the most selfless player on this team.
0: Yeah, and he's and he's he's great at running but being a floor general. Uh, he's, he's really good at it. Uh, so yeah, all those reasons and and I'm I'm just gonna co-sign there, Dylan. Uh, I, I like that. I went back and forth because Trey Donaldson kind of plays too many minutes to be six man of the year but there's, there's a lot of six. So yeah. Yeah. They, nice, yeah. Right it's it's kind of like a one through 10 man. Um, like, <laughs> sorry, two through 10 man, Jani Broom and everybody else. Six um, through 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh that, that's a tight race And Auburn's depth. I mean, that just speaks to its depth, right? Uh, which is ultimately it's strong suit. So yeah, no, I, I trade does a lot of special stuff. And also, I don't think we're talking about this stuff. He does, he calls plays with more swagger than anybody else in, in the league. And this is a statistical anal- analytics approach that I know you come to the college Loop podcast only to hear, but, that guy just calls plays with more swagger than I've ever seen. Like, ha- have you ever seen anybody look that drippy when they're tapping their head and like barking out orders like, "I'm just watching the game." I'm like, "Hell yeah, Trey." Yeah, you call that high ball screen. You tell him. Like it's it's awesome. And and I get really fired up about it. And he's really good at that and also a leader in this locker room. So, and plays so physical. Like, yes, that's the DB I know we've heard it a million times, but like, he is so physical. He's so damn fun to watch. And when he decides to go downhill, I would, I would legitimately get out of the way. I would just jump out of the way. Like, I, I would not want to be in front of an angry looking Trey Donaldson. Kd Johnson looks, looks, looks mad. Like, kind of lunatic mad. Not for that phrase. Trey Donaldson looks angry. Like, like maybe you just hit on his girlfriend. Angry. Like, like that. That is like. On the table, like I, I feel like that's plausible. Uh So I'm, I'm with you. I like that analogy a lot. I,
1: I feel like the honorable mention there would be Dylan Cardwell, off the, off the rip. Uh, I think he counts as the sixth man. Yeah, because he's only averaging 14 a game. And if you're talking yeah, about, yeah, no,
0: duh.
1: Trade Johnson averaging too many, too many minutes. Because then you have Dylan Cardwell and then Cheney Johnson. It'd probably your two other guys yeah. to talk about there. Cheney Johnson's
0: is peaking is getting up is, is progressing on the correct trajectory at the right time like that guy i've said it once a million times he's going to wind up having something really special happen to him in march i don't know what it's going to be i don't know what it's going to look like something he's going to do something really special in march
1: he he definitely feels like the kind of guy who's gonna put by like 20 points in like
0: round two for no reason round, round of he's no
1: like like no where reason. like where was this at
0: like what <laughs> yeah no he he has unlikely hero written all over him and for some kind of crazy legacy game in march and I'm really excited for him, and I'm I'm excited to watch him. I'm really excited for him because he's finally figuring out the game. And it took him conference play. Like, what the hell? How does that happen? But like, <laughs> like it took him getting to conference play. But now it's it's like something clicked, and and he's not like the the sexiest stat line you've ever seen, and not like the flashiest guy. But he's such an impact, and I'm really excited for him. So yeah, I like I like the, I like that point a lot. Yeah, defensive defensively,
1: Jay Johnson is if if we have like an all defensive team of this of this team i think Cheney johnson would be in your starting lineup for that
0: my uh, for those of you guys listening at home the name billy means nothing to you but my roommate billy um refers to Cheney johnson as has, as the defensive presence uh, which which that's i'm cool with that i'm cool I, with that i completely agree yeah no i i i like that yeah and and i'm i'm excited for him to I, like i said maybe it's a huge block and and a must like must come up with a stop situation he's going to do something special. We're going to remember Cheney Johnson for, it. um, and it's going to be this year. Um, he's going to be at Auburn for a couple of years, but like it's, he's going to do something really special this year that you're going to be like, damn, that guy's going to be awesome next year. And, and he will be, I, I firmly believe that. So I'm
1: just waiting for the day, because we heard about it all through the summer, the summer practices. I, I want to see him just absolutely just break the rim off of the backboard. Cause yep. I, I just got to see it out of the gym. Cause I, cause Katie Johnson getting that tech. Was awesome. Imagine if Cheney Johnson got attacked for the same reason against Alabama.
0: Um, do it. And if, I, it's, I don't, if it's the same if it's the same scenario, same like I guess the word discrepancy and points. Put your foot on their throats. <laughs>
1: what, what would you would you ra- what, what would you rather have uh, as the dagger of that game? A Dylan Cardwell, uh, like Caitlin Clark level three pointer, sound and all. Or a Cheney Johnson windmill dunk
0: on Mark Sears? Cheney Johnson windmill, windmill dunk on, on Mark Sears. No offense to Dylan, he's had his time. I'm not taking anything away from him, and I want him to be awesome. But I want Cheney Johnson to do something just so demoralizing. Like, I, I'm, I'm rooting for that guy on so many, for so many levels. One, like, he's an awesome story. It, it, it is just so damn cool to see his basketball journey. Uh, two, just a guy that understands basketball and his role in the game. And three, just raw athleticism i just want to see him jump out the damn gym and i want to see him do something really really cool i'm i'm super high on him have been for a long time and and uh, very much anticipating something special from him maybe wednesday night i mean that would be awesome like that that would be my that was where i'm casting my ballot
1: that would that would be the preferred time for him to s- start consistently playing at the top level of what he can be as would like to th- t- tomorrow and then the day after the game after that and the game after that and the game
0: Dylan's just asking for perfection from Auburn coming down the stretch, and you know what? I get it. it, it wouldn't
1: uh, it, be a, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I can't yeah,
0: lie. Dylan would like to keep his blood pressure in check. <laughs> this just uh,
1: Legos are an expensive therapy item, and I can't buy them for every basketball game.
0: <laughs> oh, but you can. Oh, but you can. <laughs>
1: I don't need to. Dylan, thank more. you so much
0: for putting together the the mid season awards, dude. You did a great job um, coming up with this and and pitching these ideas. I like that. Uh, I like that we had some discrepancy and had some parody in this, but. <laughs> We are out of time. We are out of hashtag content, and it is time for us to let you get back to your Tuesday or Wednesday morning, whenever you listen to the show. For those of you guys that are locking in and getting ready for the Auburn-Alabama contest Wednesday evening, check your blood pressure, take your blood pressure medication, make sure you eat before you take your blood pressure medication. That's very, very important. And make sure you tune into the College League Podcast on Thursday where we will have a recap of what everyone here is hoping is an Auburn victory uh, and, and a statement win, another Q1 win for the Auburn Tigers, big opportunity there. And I'm sure that there will be nothing but pure class and respect at Neville <laughs> Arena Wednesday night. Not, I'm really, really excited for me to turn the volume up on my TV here. And it shake my windows when I hear the crowd, uh, the crowd roar through the subwoofer in my living room.
1: Did you see that the coconut bra kid retired the coconut bra and now has become like LT gray.
0: Yeah. I don't think that's officially retired. I don't think it is either,
1: but I, I think I prefer LT gray.
0: I disagree strongly. So let's move forward. Um, LT Gray scares me. Um, <laughs> not that I love the coconut bra and the mustache. Don't get me wrong. Um, what but if they combined? No. Nope. Nope. One or the other. One or the other. Anyways, uh, this that this is a good time for me to wrap this up and remind everybody that if you're not already. Following and subscribed to the College Loop Podcast right here on the YouTube channel. You can like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here from the video. Drop a comment. Give us your feedback on anything Auburn basketball. Give us your score prediction for Auburn-Alabama-Iron Bowl Part 2 rubber match on the hardwood at Neville Arena tomorrow night as the show is coming out. And if you're listening on a streaming platform, make sure you give us five stars, a thumbs up, share a show with a friend so they can continue to grow, help us grow the College Loop family, the Loopers, if you will. If you want to support the show in other ways, you can head over to warreport.com. Pick up your very own Feeling Loopy College Loop Podcast, War Report Podcast Network co-branded t-shirt. Comes in five different colorways, $25. And... It is linked in the description, so you don't have to type that into your search bar because we get it. That's a lot of work, and I understand that you don't want to go through the ho- jump through the hoops. It's right there in front of you guys. Once you pick up your shirt, make sure you use hashtag feeling loopy. That's feeling without the G. Go on your favorite social media platform, tag us in it, and use that hashtag as I mentioned beforehand, so we know that you guys are ready for us to show off your awesome selfie of you and your new awesome College Loop World Four Podcast co the Loopy T-shirt. I am sitar at sitar on the Bird app at Harrison at by Harrison Tar on Instagram. Come hang out with me. Give me your good takes, your bad takes. Light up my feed with your score predictions for Auburn-Alabama. I know we let in with a heated conversation between Mike Vick and and Cam Newton. I get that. If y'all want to drag me through the mud, be, be go right ahead be my guest. I love interacting with you guys. You guys are the highlight of my week. Thank you, guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Enjoy the Auburn-Alabama Iron Bowl Part 2. Let's get some vengeance, damn it. Dylan, let's get out of here.
1: Of course. I'm Dylan. I avoid saying on Twitter slash X. I'm just going to start saying Twitter now. You know, I'm tired of saying Flash X. I'm tired of calling it X. At boy Tank. At Y A B O Y the Tank. Also, you can find me and you know talk to me about some football, basketball, whatever you want to talk to me about, because I am always down to interact with all of y'all. Uh, especially if you agree with me about Camden being better than Michael Vick, because I am mm-hmm. right. Uh, that's just a cold hard facts about that. Also find me on Instagram as well at don't like at Also find me right here in the College League where you can find me every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And you should like, comment, subscribe. Leave your predictions for Auburn, Alabama, part two of the season. And of course, mention in the comments that Cam is the best rushing quarterback out of the two that we've talked about prior. I'm going to hammer that in as much as possible. Uh, and of course, Charlie's in our face is completely understandable. Uh, we have an audio version of the show come out as well on Spotify, podcast, Google podcast, and of course, Amazon Music. And of course, all that being said, War Eagle, And this has been the College Loop Podcast.
0: Love you guys.